0: Hello, and welcome to Captive Audience. I'm your host, Kelly, and today we're talking about Hamilton. (laughs) Our guest today is a guest you may remember from the... uh, We did Among the Dead together. Uh, We went to go see it at Theatre Exile with Erin. Erin's back. I'm back, baby. (laughs) So Erin called... Or not called. She texted... Um, around Thursday, and texted me that she'd won Hamilton because we did the Hamilton lottery. We both, uh, we both do the Hamilton lottery, and Erin said that she won tickets. So Erin was nice enough to take me with her, and we got to see Hamilton last night, and that was so much fun. It's Saturday now, so it was so funny because me and Erin were actually going to see each other, right for an, another podcast that we're actually doing. We're literally going to be taping in like. Three hours um, about another show um, by Mimi Lién called *Superterranean* and Pig Iron Theater Company. So we're gonna talk about about that. Uh, but it's so funny. So I thought we thought that we would like record this little special *Hamilton* episode for all of you. Aaron, do you want to re familiarize the the audience yes. with what you've been up to since right. uh, since ooh, when was that like? Uh, like May. Oh, good. Like, a good few months ago. Was it before May? It well, might have been around. Whatever. Months, I'll check. I'll check the date and then, like, you yeah. know. I'll put a link in the in the link to the previous podcast.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I'm. I still work in architecture. I'm at the firm that I'm at before. I just this week celebrated my one year workversary, and I think probably one of the greatest things to cap that all off was winning the Hamilton lottery because I have been entering since the day it was optional to enter. And I've been a Hamilton fan since at least 2018 now, and those tickets have always been so far out of reach. I'm just like, oh, tickets. Do you
0: remember in architecture school when I discovered Hamilton and then everybody in class had to just listen to Hamilton? (laughs) And we were in an architecture class, not a theater class, so, like, nobody cared. But, like, the people who I could get into Hamilton, I got you into Hamilton, I got Zach into Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I I more remember
1: the last five years, which is a different musical. It was great because by being friends with Kelly, I've been able to get all of my theater exposure that I never had before college. So now, thanks to Kelly and the lottery, I have now seen, I believe, at least four productions. So let's, for those
0: who are living under a rock, no offense. uh, I don't think anyone doesn't know Hamilton. You'd be surprised. So, Hamilton is about the founding father on the $10 bill, Alexander Hamilton, and it is explaining his, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote it, felt like uh, because Alexander was also an
1: immigrant, and Lin is a, I think he's a second generation immigrant. Yes. Um, I, I believe, I know he's Puerto Rican.
0: Uh, I just don't know which generation he is. Yeah. Um, feels very attached to the story of mm-hmm. coming up from the bottom and coming to America mm-hmm. and so he uh, wanted to tell the story from that angle. Mm-hmm. And what's really remarkable is it's a story about our founding fathers. Um, and all the characters are people of color, which is just so great. And I could talk about, I could talk forever about it. We don't have that kind of time, but you you should know that I really appreciate. I and it's really been done about it. a thousand times before. Yeah. And it's also one of the first uh, shows to really gain media attention in a while Mm -hmm. it really like started a phenomenon and they've had all these really cool tours and all they've been doing is just employing people of color Mm -hmm. to go out in these tours and sing these wonderful songs um and that's really uh, i that's the thing i think that impresses me about hamilton the most is really their dedication to Mm -hmm. that and then also education they have free uh saturday shows probably matinees mm-hmm. for students for high school students that they do they do more shows than that i feel like they had like a whole mm-hmm. week of student shows once um, and then the lottery which yeah. me and erin participated in for new york i actually think we got semi-obstructed seats um and since i've seen it before i gave Aaron the better seat really uh i th- i am do not quote me on this Go on the internet. I will go and find the lottery policy and put it in the linked up Uh, show notes, linked up. Um, But I think if you win the lottery in New York, you get front row seats. Okay. You get ten dollars front row seats. I am pretty sure that's how the New York Mm -hmm. one works. But anyway, so we Mm -hmm. got obstructed seats, but that was fine. We saw a a good amount. I saw a good amount of the show. I missed a little bit of Burn and Stay Alive. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit obscured for me. Yeah. Um. But we wanted to talk about uh, our overall feelings. What was your first so what was your first impression of, of Hamilton?
1: Well, I I just wanna say this is the first musical that I've seen where I happen to know almost the near entirety of the plot before going in. Yeah. Because one great thing about the Hamilton soundtrack is that so much of it is accessible just through the music itself. It's literally just the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the little bits and pieces that we may or may
0: not spoil. So spoiler yes.
1: wording right now. So continue through listening just through the soundtrack on its own, you get the entirety of the plot. But what I liked about being able to finally see the show was seeing the actual cast and like seeing the cast interact with each other and see what were happening along with the dialogue that i had listened to obsessively because i literally listened to the soundtrack before i went to see the show
0: yeah and that's uh that's how it worked with us as well we just we just talked about it so i don't have to talk about it again but the whole thing was like i listened it, to it obsessively uh while i was in uh while we were in college together basically in studio all the time was there anything that like you know Anything that, like, stood out to you or anyone? This could be a... It could be it could be people or it could mm-hmm. be set. Or uh, not set. Uh, story or, mm-hmm. you know.
1: I found George Washington. Um, this was the Angelica touring group. So, yeah. So, each tour, I should explain. So, each tour has a name. Yes. We
0: are not sure how or why. Again, all of these things that I'm bringing up, I will answer or find out and then answer in the show notes. But... Mm-hmm. I'm very interested in knowing how they named their tours. But uh, we specifically saw the Angelica mm-hmm. one. But yes. there's another one called the Philip tour. Yes. Uh, I think an Eliza tour exists. I believe there is, although right now there's only two currently Yeah, there's only touring. two currently touring. But, like, when they, for example, when they went to Chicago and they, like, had a house in Chicago, mm-hmm. their company had a name. Yeah. Like, they were the whatever, they were, I think mm-hmm. they might have, they might be the Philip company is the Chicago okay. company. I'm not sure. But um, anyway, so that's just, we wanted to explain that because it's a little
1: interesting. But go ahead. No, So as I was saying, I I was especially impressed with um, the Angelica Tours, George Washington, Paul Ugly Stovall. I apologize if I say anybody's name incorrectly, but I thought this George Washington is towering over the entire cast, which I think is great for the sheer fact that there's always this sense that Washington is this proud, tall figure that everyone looks up to. And the fact that they could get an actor who really does manifest that and have such a strong, warm paternal energy. He had a very strong charisma. Yes. He was like
0: he radiated like dad energy, which I thought was uh really, really cool because there are moments where he feels like a father to Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was really emphasized by by the actor's performance. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything uh, music-wise that was different from your experience of, like, religiously
1: listening to the soundtrack and mm-hmm. then to seeing it in real life? I... This is not a criticism on other people. It's just that I... Usually the first version of a song that I hear... Yeah. ...is normally my favorite. Yeah. So... I think I've learned to embrace different versions of other songs as I've matured and it allows me to enjoy things more, frankly. So I encourage anyone who tries to think it's like a purist thing to be like, I only like the original. Listen to how other people do it because I yeah, really going with an open mind. Yes. Especially when we were just talking about George Washington. Yes. You know, Christopher Jackson. Christopher and, Jackson is uh, wonderful Paul's, and I adore him. Yeah. But also Paul did a fantastic job. Yeah, they're different. Yes. I mean, and
0: it's you know, I don't I don't particularly like one or the other, although I will say that I think Paul gets up to the standard of mm-hmm. the Washington that he should be at, which is is marked by Christopher. Yes, um, Christopher's version, which is is something that you know. Uh, I think that I think that when people talk about uh, people wanting to live up to the to the original, we only say that because the bar has been set so high. Yes, so we only talk about it as I would rather talk about it where not who is better, but if they lived up to that standard. And mm-hmm. I think uh, Paul did a did a really good job with Washington. Yeah. Are there any other any other people who you thought were
1: really good? Um, I. Frankly, before I tell before I talk about about
0: what I want to talk about,
1: I frankly found Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson to be an exceptionally fun, like range of characters. Yeah, I mean, played by Bryson Bruce. Yes, he did an excellent job. I found just the whole animation of him on stage was great because he just had his dances and it was really fun. And he yeah. also provided a good amount of laughs, which was nice, which was needed, yeah,
0: <laughs> especially toward the end. It gets a little heavy. They start piling stuff, um, kind of on back, you. Can we get back end. to politics,
1: please? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that was very much that was very much needed. Um, we also talked about how we liked uh, Hercules Mulligan and James Madison. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert: If you didn't know, there are uh, four actors who four people actors who play two roles. One role in the first act and one role in the second act, and it's really interesting because the Jefferson and Madison and the Hercules Mulligan and Lafayette start as the uh friends and uh confidants basically to Hamilton, and then in the second act, they're turned against him, yeah. Uh, whereas with Philip and Lawrence, it's uh, they're both just the closest to Hamilton, and then uh, Peggy, uh, Maria Mariah. Mariah. No, Maria. No, it's pronounced Mariah. Everything oh, Mariah, happens. right? Mariah Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Mariah Reynolds. Yes. Um, anyway, but uh, I wanted to clarify that because we're saying two names when we when we talk about them. So Hercules Mulligan and James Madison was played by I think it's pronounced Chandra. Yeah, Chandra Hall uh, Broomfield, and he was just like a ball of energy. I mean, you have to when like Oak is, you know. When the original actor Oak was like jumping off tables and you know, you gotta you have to have you have to bring the energy. And he really brought the energy with Hercules Mulligan. And then the funny thing is is that I think he has probably one of the most dramatic transformations because he goes from like
1: a super like loud,
0: brash like guy to like someone who's like always sickly and very quiet. And hand, he, hand is placed on yeah, his back the, with a yeah, tissue. Yeah, the over the over enunciation of his words was really, really great. I know a little bit. I would say that people who who do not interact regularly with white people might understand it a little bit better. Because while I am a person of color, I've never had to put on a white voice. Because my existence is a white voice. Like that's my that's what I do all the time. Um, but it, it, it has been known that like a lot of people of color have what they call a white voice which mm-hmm. is what they talk to white people in to make white people feel more comfortable um yeah. so i definitely heard that through um chandre's character especially with madison because he went from like a very like brash and confident person into somebody who is very quiet and he started enunciating his words and I he had an accent to him mm-hmm. when he spoke. Uh it was very interesting. I would like love yeah. to like I would love to, I mean I would love to have interviews with all these people, but yeah. I would
1: love to pick his brain on that Also, also when feelings. Marquis started saying the different accents of anarchy, his his final one was exceptionally effective. Like it wasn't <laughs> even a subtle anarchy, it was anarchy. Yeah, very is, yeah. nasally.
0: Because that's probably what they thought. Americans sounded like oh and then the, we also want to talk about oh I do want to just mention quickly because uh Olivia Puckett who plays Peggy slash Mariah uh was in Dear Evan Hansen and she was kind of a surprise uh, and I kind of like lost my shit uh oh we're cursing now um I like well, you know I I was very uh excited to see her mm-hmm. on a stage, because I wanted to see her Hansen, Hanson, but she's a standby, mm-hmm. um, so she only really goes on if they if they need her, but um, it was really nice to hear her act and, and speak in this role, and I just wanted to, like, you know, give a special shout-out, because she's already on Broadway, yeah. so we don't really have to talk about her too much, so the person who I wanted to talk about the most was John, the guy who played John Lawrence and Philip Hamilton, played by John Victor Corp- Corpus, 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 Corp- Corpus. Maybe. Um, John
1: um, again, we apologize in advance to any
0: names we butcher. <laughs> um, he is in so incredibly talented. I have been watching John since um, Godspell 2032, which is like a little video. Um, it also has the kid from Stranger Things. What's his name again? Uh, Gatton Matarazzo, Gatton, I think. Who, and if you didn't know this, Gatton uh, is tangent. Um, Gatton has been doing Stranger Things. He did. He's known for Stranger Things because that's the thing that he was a breakout star in. But he's been doing. But theater he's for been years. doing theater for years. Yeah, I forget. Um, Who Did he
1: play in Les Mis? He played
0: Gavroche yes. in Les Mis. He, I think, at like one point, he may have played. Uh, is his name? Is his name Les in Newsies? The younger brother, and in okay. Newsies, um, and he's been like cycling around the child roles for a while. Mm-hmm. So there's a video of him in Godspell 2032. I think it's the video is called. I'll look it up. And it's him, and then John is also in that video. And every kid who is in that video is is young. I would say like fourteen would, and under. Yes, yeah, fourteen and under, basically. Yeah. Um. And his like little riff is so smooth. It puts like it puts like every adult to shame. It's <laughs> insane. Um. But also, uh, his performance as like Philip was like super. I thought it was very affecting um i really appreciate his voice like the like the nuances and the things that he does with his voice i just really appreciate and i think that his voice is just so smooth that i mean there was like the thing that comes to mind is spoiler alert uh when philip dies because spoiler alert every character he plays dies um when he plays philip hamilton and he's dying on the table during staying alive, and he's kind of having like this moment with his parents before he, he dies. He has like this little moment where he's like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, 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 exactly yeah. yeah, yeah." yeah. Except it was like one of the. It's so smooth, and he's mm-hmm. lying on a table, and like, he's also shaking in a weird, yeah, shaking in a weird angle, yeah. being held by. He's literally um, constricting Hamilton. his ribs. Yeah, he's yeah, and
1: it's and it's 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 you know, his his vocals are just crazy. There were three especially emotional moments watching Hamilton that did, like, either make my eyes water or did make me fully tear up. Yeah. And the first time was watching Philip die with with Alexander and Eliza both at his side and very good props to, I'm sorry, Edgar Dutomi and Zoe Jensen. Yeah. I yeah. thought they did a very touching job in that scene. And... Besides, one last time, that always gets me. And then at the end, who lives, who dies, who tells your story. I think that makes everybody cry so much.
0: Yeah, but it's it's, it's 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 very affecting.
1: Yes. It, that just
0: reflects how good they all are. Yes. And we really wish that we could honestly shout out every single person, but mm-hmm. we can't because this cast, unlike a lot of the other casts that we have done, um, is very large. Yeah. Um, but we would like to... Oh, and just to wrap up the, the John thing... Before we derailed um, is I just also wanted to talk about a project that I'm basically, you know, I they're basically just plugging their show at this point. Uh, And I will until I die. Um, There's this show called Interstate, and that was one of the shows that he was in. And it's about a uh, it's about a transgender teen along with his best friend who is a lesbian. And they go on this road trip um, and they inspire another trans Teenager, another trans Asian teenager, uh, who's living in like Middle America, and then they like go on some like wacky adventures. It's a good. It's like I don't even know what it's about, but I heard two songs and I was like immediately sucked in. So I will put that a we'll link to John singing uh, "Looser Dumpling" from that, which yeah. is a good song. I made Aaron listen to it last night. It's very sweet. It's cute. I just wanted to wrap that up
1: and just say with the cast that they were just overall phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, By the way, Hamilton can get some vertical leaps in. He could. Oh jump yeah, high. he could jump
0: really high. Yeah, I was like, like mad at impressed. any excited moment, he would just jump Dink. up really high. Yeah. Um, but before we wrap up the cast section, um, I just want to talk about the ensemble.
1: Mm, um, yes. And
0: they're fantastic. Uh, I am. There are a lot of them, so I won't say all of their names, but they are all exceptionally talented mm. because you don't realize how how little of an ensemble there is, I feel like, because they're literally in every scene. Yeah. But that's the thing. They're literally in every song. Like, if there's not, you know, if something's happening, like, they're on stage, like, physically interpreting something that is happening. Yeah. Like, there is, I know that there's a girl, and I'm so sorry, I don't know which one this, who this was, uh, but there's a girl in the ensemble, uh, or rather a person in the ensemble, who is like a who is the bullet yeah. in several situations.
1: Yeah. It and was, like, that was in the world was wide enough and the entire ensemble is like dancing and moving and articulating yeah. and it's very gorgeous. Yeah. I and, uh, and like, they don't
0: get enough credit. The no. ensemble
1: really does not get enough credit.
0: But I'm glad that they are 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 actively in it and i'm mm-hmm. sure it's exhausting and straining but i'm sure it's very rewarding that they get to be on stage that much and and yeah. really be
1: a part of it props to all of them who can dance so yeah. well also just like special shout out to the choreographer choreography by andy blank and oh yeah oh
0: good his name is big like it should be um <laughs> yeah uh so super credit to andy blank and bueller um, for uh, the amount of choreography because every single number is cho- is choreo. Um, I feel like a lot of people say that, like, you shouldn't see the show because, like, it's exactly like the album. Like, go see the show. Yeah. Go see the show. It's much... There's so much to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I could go, like, eight more times and I would still, like, miss sh- miss stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, special props to... Special props to him um, yeah. and the whole team of, of choreographers mm-hmm. because it's wild the amount of stuff that they do with their bodies
1: and i mean like
0: looking at them like makes my joints hurt and
1: it's great because when focus was meant to be on them you saw it but if they were moving around and the main characters were supposed to be the focus the lighting team was handling that exceptionally well because i could totally like tune out the like cory like the court like the dancers yeah so very good props to howell binkley who handled the lighting design and everything But another thing that I wanted to mention really quickly, special props to
0: the ensemble for being able to clear props in an effective way, because while the stage does move and there are tracks, it's really just that circle in the Mm -hmm. middle. So there is no prop that actually gets tracked off the stage uh, by mechanics. Everything has to be physically brought on and then taken off. Yeah,
1: in the segment she's impressed in the segment for Hurricane where they had to represent the circling eye of the storm and everything's Boy, just flowing so motion. Oh, that was that so good. that was so good. good. I loved that, that
0: was that was See, that's why that you was need some amazing see. choreography. That's
1: that's yeah. why you need to go see shows because you hear the song, but if you aren't there to actually witness what's happening, yeah. you don't, like, you just miss out.
0: Yeah, I definitely am one of those people who believes that theater should be accessible to all yes. because of that reason. Yeah. A lot of people say that they don't like musical theater because it's like, they just like, and I always say it's because you haven't seen it. Um, I and like I it, I just can't
1: afford to see it. Well,
0: that's basically what I'm saying is I don't, when I say that, I don't mean... Uh well you should be richer, so you should just see it. It's I understand that people can't see it, and that's why I don't get I don't get really mad about it when people are like, Oh, I don't I can't afford it. It's like I can't afford it either. We just saw Hamilton for ten dollars. That's why we went. We would not have been able to go if we if if if, if. it's like hundred and twenty dollars. And I have and that's I, cheap I have, seats. And that's and those were and the
1: what? Those were cheap seats. They were
0: orchestra seats, which is still a little mm-hmm. bit yeah, it was obstructed. So I guess that they were cheap. Cheap seats,
1: I guess. But um, like front row was like, I believe, at least 275.
0: Yeah. And um, when I bought my tickets, I'll just disclose this also because I'm just a little proud of it. But um, I caught the Hamilton hype train early. Um, I caught it uh, while tickets were just coming out. So it was, of course, popular and people were buying tickets. Um, But we actually, my family, it was my 21st birthday present. uh, We got the tickets and scalped it. So we got our tickets for, uh, I believe it was like one hundred and fifty or one hundred and sixty dollars, which is is a normal Broadway price, which is incredibly privileged, and that's why it was my only birthday present. But um, that was, you know, I saw the original cast, but it was because I I called it early, um, and I was fortunate enough to to be informed enough to know that that was that that Hamilton, and we had previously seen in the heights. Um, You knew it was going to blow up. I knew it was something, it was Lynn, and I I trusted that it would blow up. Um, And it was also getting really rave reviews also off-Broadway. It had been off-Broadway for uh, a few weeks, and it got extended. So we were just very, we were just very uh, both lucky, and also I am very privileged to have seen the original cast, but I'm very more lucky to have seen it and not paid thousands of dollars for Mm -hmm. a ticket. By the time I did see it, it was uh, at the point where it was blowing up, and everybody was like, "Oh, it's going to win all the Tonys." I saw it in March. Yeah. Um, my parents bought the tickets as a surprise for my birthday. They bought the tickets in August when they came out.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm one of those people that my cap for most like yeah. shows is like a hundred dollars and if it's a hundred dollars I need to know it's going to be great
0: yeah that is that is a soup that is a and that is a super uh that is an issue with people and I fully understand that and I would never tell people that like you need to like you need to go see live theater and appreciate live theater it's like if you can see one Broadway show in your life, I would honestly, I would recommend that you do it. But I would also recommend that you do it at, at, at an affordable yeah.
1: price. We saw Phantom uh, for like seventy five dollar tickets, right? I know you don't maybe like don't Phantom. see Phantom, but yes, I did but, see. But we did see Phantom for seventy five dollars. We did. We saw it
0: for a cheaper price mm-hmm. because we bought it at the because we bought it at a at a today at a today ticks rate. So the today ticks, which is oh plug today ticks, which is a. Uh, a ticket website um, slash app um, you can get on your phone, and uh, it is linked with the uh, ticket office that is right behind the bleachers on Times Square. So behind one of one of the sides of Times Square, uh, I don't I don't know which side it's on. I'm so sorry. You're gonna have to just walk Times Square. Um, like that's a hard thing to do. Um, but you're gonna have to uh, uh, walk behind one of the Bleachers. I think it's the one with the with the with the chairs or with the risers on it. That yeah, takes I, on. I remember risers. So, yeah, um, and if you go behind that, there's a like an, an actual like box office basically, and mm-hmm. it sells discounted Broadway tickets uh, because Broadway's right there. Um, so that's always a really good place to go. That's where we got our friend of the Opera tickets from. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten. I am have been trying to get the thing that that the thing that worries me about. Getting tickets is the fact that I'm worried that it's going to be like a non-legitimate thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that could be because like I'm right on the, we are right on the cusp of the generation that started that. So I am still a little wary about that, whereas like other kids might not be or whatever. I I will I will say that I think today ticks can be can be a trusted app slash trusted website. I don't know if it's a website because it is it is it is linked to that box office behind the bleachers. And I mean that is, you know, a business behind the Times Square Bleachers. It's much harder to forge, <laughs> you know, than uh, than an app. Um, so I do trust those tickets. I that is where I suggest you do that. I suggest you do the lottery. I suggest you do the Hamilton lottery. Yeah. For Philly. For New York. You know, if you can get there, uh, that's another thing, is accessibility in terms of radius and travel. If yeah. you can do it, you should do it. And I
1: was super fortunate enough to win, win. the lottery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I say to anybody, try the lottery. It doesn't hurt.
0: No. doesn't cost you anything. Nope. And if you wait and get Hamilton tickets for $10, so, yep. you know, what a pot. Um, I've literally had more expensive lunches. So now I want to talk about... Um, a little bit of the set. What's really interesting about the set design of this show is that it was done by David Korns. And if you recognize that name, it's because he's uh, he does a lot of celebrities. Um, he designs a lot of celebrities tours. He also does, um, he did uh, Dear Evan Hansen as well as doing mm-hmm. Hamilton. He did Dear Evan Hansen right afterward. Um, but what's really interesting about him is that he has his own firm which is very interesting because normally set designers are very freelance and they have assistants or they have people who make their models, but they're hired basically on project per project. Mm-hmm. Uh, but David Korns actually has a, a firm that he, I guess, like pulls people from, but which when I was in college found very interesting because that was something that like we really, that we wanted to do was like we had to apply for an architecture firm. And I thought it was interesting because I did apply for his internship Um, because I heard that, well, he is one of the only designers with a firm, but also it's just a a really interesting experience to go in there as a firm. And also, I bet there is a lot of knowledge to be learned by his entire staff. But the set, well, I want to hear what you think. So what did you think of the set?
1: Well, I've seen photographs and like small clips of the set before I actually got to see it in person and I, I i i'm interested i would love to like pick apart david's mind to understand his decisions regarding the set because the set is in some ways exceptionally simple yeah because it's mostly brick wood and the occasional like pieces of like metalwork but parts of it are are very ship like and other parts are just very like structural and i'd like i said i'd love to pick apart his mind and figure out his process for determining the set for hamilton
0: yeah i would definitely say that i think personally i don't know because i i always i i offer my critiques but then i also think like do i picture hamilton like in any other set um and that's an interesting answer because my brain goes past you know, like, we were looking at a set and immediately just goes into the immersion world. Mm -hmm. Like, how would Hamilton be if, you know, you have this powerful moment of Yorktown, which is uh, also, I think, an underrated underrated song, Um, and, like, imagine basically the same amount of people as the amount of cast. So it would be, like, 30 people and then 30 people. And, you know, you're standing around. And during Yorktown, there's a moment where they all uh, stand on boxes and they're basically saying, like, you know, the, word, the world turned upside down. Um, and then there's, uh, like, kind of like a little pause. And then they step on the boxes. And they go, we won, we won, we won, we won. And that has always been one of the most, one of my favorite moments of the show. Because mm-hmm. it's such a powerful, like, you know, they're, like, beating their chests. And yeah. they're standing on these boxes. And they're, like, we won. And, like, Hamilton's, like, my son. And it's very powerful. Um, and I always, like, wondered, like, what that would feel. What, what it would be like to stand next to them when they're doing that, because, like, we're all celebrating. It's a celebration. We won uh, our independence. So that is just a very, or rather, they won a very important battle. They hadn't won independence yet. They won Yorktown. But it was always so interesting to me, that thing that they, uh, the feeling of being, like, immersed by, like, that energy, which is just so strong and so powerful and so uh, cheerful. Uh, And then it also would work for something like It's Quiet Uptown, where it's sad and, like, you're walking, you know, you know, like, uh, when you see him in the street, uh, I'm basically just quoting lines, like, when you see him in the street, uh, walking by your side, um, talking by his side, and I'll correct these lyrics if I'm wrong, um, and then they say, have pity, um, and a lot of the choreography for that song is them walking past him Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and walking past Eliza, and it's sad, and there's, like, a moment where uh, Eliza forgives Hamilton because, like, basically, he... Kind of dismissed his son when he said he wanted to duel. Um, and that is kind of what got Philip killed. And so it's also
1: a, just the ego.
0: And, and well, the ego, yes, but it was like, you know, Hamilton did dismiss him in the song because he assumed that they would just point their guns at the air and then nothing would happen. Lynn um, did a fantastic job of making egotistical people likable. Yeah, he did a really good job of that. Um, but the whole thing with the, with the quiet of town vibe of it is like, you're, you know, you know, you wouldn't be in all black because that's costume. But, like, you know, you'd be walking around and they'd be singing It's Quiet of Town and you'd get little glimpses of of um, Hamilton crying and Eliza by his side. And then, of course, the part where they say forgiveness, where she forgives him, um, is, like, a very cathartic moment. And that's really where a lot of people – I mean, that's where I cry. Not that I don't cry at most of it, but that's a big part where, like, I cry. And it's, it's it's you know, the power of moments like that, I always think – A lot of, uh, I feel the same way about Evan Hansen. A lot of the way that I actually feel about David Korn's sets is I always think that, like, he introduces such a potential. And then he, and then it it kind of stops at the linear display of it. So that, it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting set. Because Mm -hmm. linearly, I don't think I could propose anything, anything better it's a uh, constant movement constant different locations yeah like similar uh to Percy Jackson the musical also has a very simple set like that okay. and the, you know they're at camp half blood and then they're in new york and then they're in vegas and then you know then they're in the, then they're in the underground like there's it's you know there's yeah. so many different pieces it's hard to
1: nail yeah, down a it'd set be, it'd be hard to jump from like a bar scene to King George lounging on his throne.
0: Yeah. Although I think that they, although to be fair, I think that even if they had done more, Mm -hmm. I think that because King George comes in basically just to interject and add a little bit of comedic timing and some laughs, I think that it's really important that he stays almost entirely separate until a little, until a little moment later that we won't spoil for you. But, uh, Um, uh, Basically, I think that that's his purpose. So uh, I think that a really good example would be in the beginning, he's like on a ship, like he's coming over on a ship and then immediately he goes to a bar and then he goes from like a bar to a rally and then he goes from like. You know, and then you go to a different street in New York. And that's, you know, where the Skyler... And then he goes back to a bar. And then he, yeah. they go to Skyler's. The majority of the really set is
1: movable props. Because they bring in so many tables yep. and slabs that, like, yeah. they show him drawing on at angles to show his, like, fervent efforts to write. Yeah. And all the little boxes that people stand on at points. Yeah. It's Yeah. It's a very mobile set in a way because much of it is very just still except for key... Items that need to be in there to really do help set the scene. It's like, okay, we're in Washington's tent now because he's he's got his table and everything. Yeah. Now we're at Hamilton's. Now we're at Hamilton's office because now he's closing doors on things. So. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: it's a it's a, it's a uh, it definitely is. Especially with the choreography, it gets a little bit artsy sometimes. But um, so I I see what David uh, and his company had to his firm had to work with. Uh, but i appreciate i appreciate the set for what it, what it had to be it's not necessarily my favorite design of his he i mean david Korn's has been all over the place currently uh the set that like i finally feel is a really good set uh is uh i really like Beetlejuice's set okay i haven't seen that one i think Beetlejuice's set is uh we'll, we'll watch the trailer later uh but uh it's still Stunning. It is a stunning set. Um, It changes color. It changes, you know. There are all these, because they're, uh, I've never seen Beetlejuice before, uh, or the musical, the movie or the musical. But Beetlejuice has, like, uh, a lot of fantastical elements in it. Mm -hmm. And they are all done very well by David Korns. He is, he, I really like that he's very vocal Mm -hmm. um, with his process. Uh, And, of course, Hamilton being the big, you know, show-stopping, show is he has a lot to say about the set, and I'm very glad about that. Um, I wish more set designers would do that, honestly. I wish more set designers would tell the tricks of the trade and encourage um, people to really go into the form, and David is one of those people who does that. So mm-hmm. I really like that exactly. about him. Um, but what did you think of, like, uh,
1: what it, what it, what really stuck out to you? For me, I think in terms of the set, well, I think I asked you, it's like, like is this real wood or Yeah. And things like I I frankly admired the brick details cuz I thought the brick was very very clean and thorough. Like like obviously it's a set so you know it's been like made but and it has to travel. Yes. But it looked like very legitimate brick which as as someone who loves fine like details and loves like near perfect replications I really appreciated that. And also, I think just the scale of it all, because I like the fact that the stage is kind of, the stage does set itself to be like a two tier system where uh-huh. it's like two levels where in moments where there has to be people looking down on you. You all see them circling in the wood in the wood in on the wood deck scaffold. I don't know what to call yeah. it. I call I call it like the scaffolding. Yeah. I think that's also what David calls it. Yeah. So I would say like in that heavy wood scaffolding, you can just watch people's actions unfolding, and you can sense that's and you can sense that feeling of, okay, so when people are looking down, it's either an ex, it's like an expectant looking down or a judgment looking down. Yeah. Or, I, I like that. Yes. They, that they are stationed around the edges, mm-hmm. and I I will say that
0: in the 2016 version. Uh, I did, I, it was really hard because I was like you and I semi, like, I would say blackout because it was just like, it's the same words on the same, and, and of course it's, uh, they sound exact, because this is Broadway, they sound exactly like the soundtrack. Okay. So I just like zoned out. I was like, oh, let's see the soundtrack. This is nice. But like actual theater was happening in front of me. Also, I was like super honored and, and starstruck every, I saw the original cast. I was starstruck and everything, but that was just like. Uh, that added to uh, me not really being as observant as I probably should have been in seeing
1: people standing around the edges mm-hmm. which I think is is a really cool addition which was also I think further emphasized by the lighting
0: yeah well further before you before you continue about about the lighting which I'm want to talk about um, I do want to shout out the thing that you're talking about where you're talking about the brick pattern and everything mm-hmm. um, it is done by a, a pretty prestigious, well, the technical director and then the warehouse that they use. Okay. To their, their scenic shop that they use, which is like a warehouse. Um, and I don't know who it is um, who did it. I will find it. I will link it. But um, I those people should be thanked. And then also, I wish that they listed... There's a, a list in the back of the bulletin called Who's Who. And it is just literally like, you know, this is what they did and this is their name. And I kind of wish that they had bios too because... You know, I'm looking for the technical director. I can't find them. I'm looking for. There was definitely a painter. Here's the head carpenter, uh, Joan or sorry, John. John Wilson, is there? Is there head carpenter? Props to him because he made all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but basically, um, there are all these there are all these people who are, uh, in charge of these small things, that we don't know. Set designers are really just in charge of doing drawings, um, and coming up with the full set. Um, and kind of helping the lighting designer and sound designer and all of the other designers know what they're doing, but the people who build it are the carpenters and the um, technical designer, and then of course you know you have your painters, your scenic painters who are doing this brick detail. Uh, we were talking about how the set has to be light, like we're pretty. I'm pretty sure I watched a video that was talking about like the bricks being styrofoam mm-hmm. and just treated in a way where it looks like. Uh, bricks and uh, it's oh it's so interesting. Um they should have a documentary honestly just for the technical stuff of oh like, they Tabletail. should um but uh you were gonna what you were gonna talk about the lighting design and mm-hmm. tell us what you thought about
1: Yeah, that. I think um I think what's nice about lighting is lighting can really help direct people's views. <clears throat> and I think that was especially helpful in scenes where um like Helpless is playing, yeah. and there's the entire ensemble dancing around each other, but the lights are focused on Alexander, Angelica, and Eliza's actions, and you don't really notice the ensemble, even though they're all mingled between each other. And I think with that directional lighting, just kind of telling your eyes, look here, is just always a very smart thing. And I, I just always like how lighting can be, like, not necessarily a trick, but it forces it forces your eyes to like look at certain things so that you know what to focus on yeah and i have seen shows where sometimes i feel like the lighting doesn't really direct that enough well I, they do I, say that the best
0: shows with the best lighting design like you don't even realize it yeah. has good lighting design mm-hmm. because
1: it's no or but, you don't you don't you know you don't notice it until it's bad but. but i won't i won't like name any places that i've had that i feel like the lighting could have been in better but i've seen things where it's like it's all just one consistent flood of light on the stage and there's no directional lights like following the actions of the actors and i just feel like there needs to be more direct lights lights that like focus in on the expressions of the characters themselves and another thing that i thought was interesting was um blow us all away in the intro you have burr he's backlit so the light is hitting him from the back and he's like his face is kind of dark but then Philip, no, not Philip. But then Alexander's lit from the front. And he has this whole focus and presence about him while burr. And they're both having this um commentary on the love for their children. But oh, just, are you talking
0: about Dear Theodosia? Yes, that's We're what it is. talking about Dear
1: Theodosia. Yeah, sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, dear dear. Yeah. Dear Theodosia. So that whole aspect of having the contrasting lights shows these guys both love their children, but I think it's the light is showing that they have different approaches as they always have because they're feuding with each other. Yeah. And I think that just is another way of further emphasizing these men butt heads. They clash. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like you, like I was kind of processing it during the show, but I'm also like. Yeah. And it's just it's like, really this is smart. That, yeah. This yeah. is just smart. So I appreciate things like that. So very good job with that lighting direction from or ha- lighting design, yeah, from Howell Binkley. Yes, yeah, I'm a, I'm a light person. I love you.
0: <laughs> so, is there anything that you that you wanna you wanna talk about that I that we've
1: maybe missed? I'm not sure. I think I'm just super excited and very glad that I've finally been able to see this show. I truly, I truly push for everybody go enter the lottery. I mean. Any chance is better than no chance. So go see it if you're that committed to watching a show, but you know that it, it it would like be it would like be a burden or like it would just make you worry to spend so much to see something. Try a lottery if it's available. Yeah. And like it's Hamilton. It's great. yeah. I, I I would suggest That
0: if you were going to spend a little bit of extra money on Mm -hmm. something, I would suggest that you spend your little bit of extra money to go see Hamilton. Of course, I always recommend, and I think that even in this case, Lynn recommends you listen to the cast album before you go see the show. But I I would recommend that if you have the money and you are invested, shall we say, in the cast album, shell out that extra money to go see it. It is a good, good show. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that it's as popular as it is there's a reason it has so many tours just because it's popular doesn't mean it's bad no. i hope it know? i hope it's around for years and years and years and it, i am sure it will be is there anything that you want to quickly plug i think last time you gave me an instagram
1: yeah sure yeah yeah i'll plug my instagram it's my name it's <laughs> Aaron erfer yeah uh and that's at instagram and then the link will be in the show notes. yeah mostly it's just pictures of like buildings or random things, I don't have a I don't have a theme. Architects, man.
0: But uh, we will. I will. I look forward to seeing another show with you. Yeah. We're literally going to be talking. We're sitting in the same rooms that we're going to be hanging out. But we're going to record the Super Trainio in one next. But uh, thank you for the audience for sticking with us. Uh, talking to talking about Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to apologize. I am a little sick right now, and I don't know why. Um, So if you just notice that there's, like, a little stuffiness, that's my voice. And that's, it's, I'm a little sick right now. So thank you for dealing with that. I'm going to try and edit around as many as of the the sniffles and coughs as I can. But thank you so much for being on this podcast today, Yeah, it's always fun. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll get you back on. I'm trying to get new people, but I do enjoy having regulars. Yeah. Uh, and it's a nice time for me because uh, me and Aaron don't really see each other. It's nice to go out and see a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you for being here. We'll see you next time on Captive Audience. Yeah. Uh, we'd have, you know, we don't know what we're talking about. There are uh, definitely a ton of shows. Uh, I currently am working for the Arden, and uh, I just finished working for Pig Iron. So uh, I definitely have there Arden shows that I would like love to talk about and illustrate some behind the scene things even maybe which is really cool so stay tuned for that i guess uh thank you guys so much for listening today uh bye bye